I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord. Thank God it's Sunday. Anybody else glad it's Sunday, not Monday? In the meantime, we're going to get all we can from the Lord, aren't we? Amen. It is an honor for my wife and I to be here. Been looking forward to this for a couple of weeks now. Your brother Caleb Sampson approached me here two or three weeks ago and said, Hey, would you uh, come preach for us? And I told him, I said, Yes, on one condition. That is that you return the favor. <clears throat> and so uh, in a few weeks, he's going to have to come to Kansas and preach for us. We're looking forward to that. Amen. And so I give honor to Elder and Sister Sampson. They've uh, known my family for many, many years. My grandfather, grandmother, and all my aunts and uncles, cousins by the dozens that they have known. But um, we haven't been that close to them because of time and distance and things like that. But going all the way back to Brother Triplett. And so I'm so honored to be here. Beautiful building. You have a beautiful facility here. Everything looks so nice and neat. A place you would not mind inviting the governor of Missouri to be in service with you. I'm just going to take my time here just a moment, okay? Uh, if you want to know what I'm doing, I'm trying to get the butterflies to quit. Uh, one guy said it's not butterflies, it's buzzards, but... Uh, if you'll let me relax just a moment here. But uh, beautiful facility. I believe God deserves our best. Our very best. And I see that you all have put a lot of time and talent and treasure into building a beautiful place of worship for people to come to and experience God in a way many of them have never, ever experienced him. And so to be invited to preach here is indeed an honor of mine. And uh, my wife and I appreciate the accommodations, a nice room. As Elder Sampson said, the good meal last night. Uh, I don't remember the name of it, but Flat Creek. I thought we were going fishing, but uh, we went to eat instead. But good food, just had a great time. Thank you for the snacks and everything you provided in our room. Thank you so very much, and we so appreciate each of you, Brother Caleb Sampson, his wife, and thankful for the work of the Lord they're doing. Amen. My friend Dustin McDaniel is here today, and I'm so happy that he's in service. And, uh, I've grown to love this young man very much, and uh, <clears throat> we've shared some great times together, some fun times and exciting times enjoying the beauty of God's creation in the good old outdoors. Amen. I certainly appreciate Dustin being here today. So I've got to mind my manners. 
My wife is here, and my friend is here. If I don't mind my manners, I'm going to get in trouble with both of them. And, and so I'm going to do my best to mind my manners today. And Amen. I believe the Lord wants to help us. I don't come to church to be entertained. I won't be entertained. I'll go to a concert somewhere. But I come to the house of the Lord to worship, to praise him and him alone. If he doesn't get the glory when we leave here today, then we have wasted our time. Our God deserves our worship. He deserves our praise, doesn't he? Amen, amen. So good to be here. I'm from an era when, when I was growing up, you go to a little hamburger place and uh, you wanted ice cream. Many times all you could get was vanilla. Sometimes they would have some hand-dipped chocolate. If you were fortunate, they might have some hand-dipped strawberry. Has that changed? Nowadays, all these uh, places, stores that make and sell ice cream have all kinds of flavors, don't they? You go in Baskin Robbins and it's just a whole two or three rolls of all kinds of flavors of ice cream. You know, 25, 30 different flavors. It's kind of just depressing trying to figure out which one you want. You want to say, I'll just have one of each, you know, and mix it all together. I didn't come here today to bring you any rocky road. I'm going to leave that for your pastor. <laughs> but I do hope you don't mind plain vanilla. <clears throat> I uh, <laughs> just got to be myself and uh, know my role and know why I'm here, know what God has dealt with me about today. So I trust you'll help me. I trust you'll help me. Amen. My mom, if she were here, she would really monitor me real closely. Uh, she says 30 minutes is long enough for a good sermon. And it's way too long for a bad one. That's my mom. <laughs> she may get disappointed today. <laughs> but, uh, I'm reading from 2 Kings chapter number 6. And it is good to have my wife with me. So glad she is with me today. Appreciate her. Soon to be 52 years. Yeah. <clears throat> that tells you she's a good woman to put up with me for 52 years. <laughs> Amen. Second Kings chapter 6, verse number 1. And the sons of the prophet said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. 
And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go at thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them. And when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. The man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place. And he cut down a stick and cast it in thither. And the iron did swim. Therefore said he, Take it up to thee. And he put out his hand and took it. Elder Samson, you mind praying, please? Everybody said amen. amen. God bless you. you may be seated. <clears throat> there are several things that can be observed here. One thing we make an observation of is concerning the sons of the prophets, their condition, their character, their desire to learn from this man of God. They each had a desire to be used of God themselves. And evidently, there were several of them had come to Gilgal where the prophet Elisha lived and they came to learn from him. They came to take advantage of the hand of God that was upon him. It would have been the opportunity of a lifetime, don't you think? to be able to have an opportunity to sit down with a man of God such as Elisha, to receive instructions, to receive counsel, teaching from this prophet. Those who came to him were known as the sons of the prophets. What perhaps started out as one man coming to him became two men. Then others followed it eventually became what we would know as a Bible school or seminary. Um, I can understand how that anyone with the call of God in their life would desire to be as close to him as possible. But evidently their number increased so that they ran out of room. And they went to Elisha requesting his approval to relocate near Jordan and build a larger facility, a place they would have more room. They've evidently run out of room. Perhaps the sleeping arrangements were less desirable even for that day. Perhaps a place for them to be able to sit down and have a meal together, and sit down with the man of God and let him teach them, gather together with him for class time. And so Elisha approved this plan. And while they were in the process of building this place, the Bible lets us know that one of the men there, one of the sons of the prophets, was cutting down a tree. His axe head accidentally 
came off the handle, fell into the water. And I'm sure that he, along with the others that were there, did their best to find the axe head. I'm sure they waded into the water, if possible, feeling along the bottom where they thought it had gone in. Perhaps the water was too deep. I'm not for sure for them to wade in. Maybe they swam down to the bottom in an effort to find it. No doubt the axe head would bear into the bottom of the water if it was soft enough. And this man came to Elisha. He cried out with much concern to the man of God because it was borrowed. We just read that. Had the axe been his own personal axe, it would have only troubled him that he had suffered the loss of this axe head. However, the fact it was borrowed compounded his distress. <clears throat> now, I, I know you've heard of Murphy's Law, right? Uh, I can tell you from personal experience, something seems to always happen when you borrow something from somebody. Can I get a witness from somebody in this house? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Everybody, you know what I'm talking about? When you borrow something, it, just, it has a tendency to break. Or you lose it. <laughs> it can be something as simple as a shovel. And you'll break the handle on the crazy thing. Been better off to went and bought our own shovel. Because now we got to buy them one and we still don't have a shovel. Your weed eater goes on the blink and you run up next door to your neighbor and say, hey, do you mind if I use your weed eater? No, go right ahead. And it locks up. Motor burns up on it. Now you've got yours to fix and his to buy. Am I preaching to humanity here today? <laughs> Same thing with a lawnmower. Your lawnmower's in the shop. Your wife is told you're going to have to get a goat if the grass gets any taller and so you borrow your neighbor's lawnmower and it catches on fire. Now you've got yourself in more of a mess than you had when you started. Should have went with a goat. Put a goat in the front yard. Let it eat all the grass up. Somebody lends you a car while yours in the shop. Two flats in one day. Battery goes dead. I mean, just you name it. Call it Murphy's Law. I think this man here could relate. He must not have had the money to go purchase another axe head if it was available. Maybe he spent all of his money in order to be able to come to the school for a time. That made the loss of it that much more greater to someone that had the means to go and buy one. No problem. He would never bothered the man of God about an axe head. He just went and bought another. But it was a hardship on him. I'm going to preach here in a little bit. It, it bothered him so much that he cried out to Elisha for help. He, he needed a miracle. Oh, praise the Lord. Somebody here, somebody here today, you, you need a miracle. <clears throat> 
Amen. I feel the Lord here. I've felt it early this morning. And, and the Lord wants to help somebody before we leave here. Elisha, I, I've, I borrowed an axe and I'm working for the Lord and trying to build us a place to live, to sleep, to study, etc. The axe head came off, went into the water. I don't have the money to buy another. And Elisha says something to the effect, well, where did this happen? Would you lead me to it? And so he led the man of God down to where the axe head had fell into the water. And I've read to us today, Elisha, I take note of this, that Elisha didn't even pray a prayer. If he did so, the Bible does not record it. So I can only preach with the knowledge I have from the word of God. He picks up a branch from off the ground. It may have been a limb off one of the trees or even that particular tree, I don't know. And the man of God throws this branch into the water. Praise the Lord. And we read, the iron did swim. An axe head swam. For some people, that's not a great miracle. No, it's not blind eyes being open. That may not be your need here this morning. It's not deaf ears being unstopped, but that might not be somebody's need in this house this morning. No, it's not crooked limbs being straightened by a miracle from God, but that might not be somebody's need in this house today. Not water from a rock or quail and manna given daily, but to this nameless son of the prophets, we don't even know his name. This was a miracle. And, and anytime, anytime an axe head floats up to the surface, that's a miracle. Anytime something like that happens, when iron swims, such as that axe head did, that's a miracle. Praise the Lord. I, Somebody here, may you don't have the money. You might not obtained a certain level of recognition in society. And I, you might not be gifted and talented as others. And you, it may be the mindset of, uh, I don't know if anybody would, would understand. I don't know if God would understand. I don't know if God will help me or not. I don't know if God hears my prayers or not. I don't know. If you'll answer my prayer or not, I'm telling you by the word of God, quit thinking like that. Yes. Quit talking like that. Praise God. I, I, I want to encourage somebody, speak words of faith. Speak words of confidence in God. I want to encourage somebody, speak words of I'm trusting in God. Keep speaking words of I believe God. And it shall be just as he said. I'm going to do like the songwriter said. I'm going to trust him, obey him, and God will supply. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. God is no respecter of persons. Hear me this morning. 
He is no respect of persons and he is the same yesterday, today and forever. What he's done for others, he will do it for you. He has blessed others, he will bless you. He has helped others, he will help you. He has healed others, he will heal you. He has delivered others, he will deliver you. He has encouraged others. He will encourage you. He has picked others up. He will pick you up. He has turned other people around. He will turn your life around. Yes, sir. He has made a way out of no way for others. He'll do the same for you. He's answered other people's prayers, and I'm telling you, he will answer your prayer. And I read where... Two or three are gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst. I'm telling you, the same God of Isaac, the same God of Jacob, the same God of Elijah, the same God of Elisha is right here in this church. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody put your hand together. Give God some praise. Oh, yeah, my. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my, my. You may be seated. Somebody praying for a lost loved one today. The same God that has answered other prayers is going to answer that prayer too. If you'll pardon a personal reference, I was preaching in Fulton, Missouri. Your brother, Mike Phillips, many years ago, he was just starting a church a little home mission church before he's built the new facility he has now. Just a small little, if I I remember, just a little small, small building. And there was a lady came to service one night. She'd never been there before, said she was driving by and she felt like the Lord told her to stop. That lady came into that revival service, come to find out her grandfather had been a Pentecostal preacher for many years ago and said, she told us when she was eight years old, her dad had walked away from the church and took his family away from the church. And she hadn't been back in church for some 40 years. And she walked into that little church that night. The Lord began to deal with her. She came to an altar. She repented of her sins. She received the Holy Ghost that night. They baptized her in Jesus' name in that one service. The next night, her teenage son came along with some of his friends. And revival closed a few nights later. Three years later, three summers later, I was in a youth camp in the state of Kansas. I was in the altar praying with a young man, and that young man received the Holy Ghost. I thought he looked vaguely familiar, and I asked him after he had received the Holy Ghost, and I was talking to him. I said, where are you from? And he said, I'm from Fulton, Missouri. Same kid. Same young man that had came to that revival service and now three years later, he had received the Holy Ghost. Her grandfather's prayers, her grandfather's prayers were answered. Iron still swims. Hallelujah. His prayers were still ascending upward before the Lord some 30, 40 some years later. I feel the presence of the Lord. Yeah, I, I just got to be myself and what I feel here. Hallelujah. 
I don't remember how many years it was later, but I had his pastor, Mike Phillips, come do some sheetrock in my basement. I'm not going to do that. Brother Caleb said, he said, I told everybody I'll do the sheetrock around here by myself. And I think he said he learned his lesson. He started, he started begging for help then to get all the sheetrock. I, I didn't even start it, okay? And it was just a basement of the house. But, but I had Brother Mike Phillips come do the sheetrock work in our basement. I had a young man with him. Come to find out that's the same young man living for God, has a call of God in his life to be a preacher. God. Somebody needs to hear me. God keeps good records. God still answers prayer. Hallelujah. He's an on-time God. I think I heard somebody sing that. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Somebody shout, yes, he is. He's an on-time God. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be there. Right on time. He's an all-time God. Yes, he is. I, I, I just got to tell somebody, please don't quit praying. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what you hear coming out of their mouth. It doesn't matter what they're involved in right now or where they're at. Do not quit praying. Do not quit bombarding the throne room of grace. For God to touch your lost loved one's lives. For God to give them a miracle and bring them out of sin. Bring them out of darkness into his marvelous life. Do not quit praying. Iron still swims. Oh, hallelujah. Can I get a witness somebody you know? You know he, he's a prayer answering God. Don't quit praying for your miracle. Don't quit praying for that sickness. Don't quit praying for that disease. Don't ever give up. Let us not be weary and well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated, lady, by the name of Hannah. She was a, a wonderful lady. She loved her husband. He loved her. However, in spite of the love and affection they had for each other, she was a very sorrowful lady. She had not been able to have children. And in that era... For a, child, for a woman to not have a child was like a curse. It was like a stigma was attached to a lady that couldn't have children or they had no children. And her enemies made fun of her inability to conceive and bring forth a child. And, and it wasn't neither her or her husband's inability. The Bible says the Lord had shut up her womb. Sometimes God has us in a place where we don't understand and we can't figure it out and we say, why God? Why now? Why me right here? You just hold on. 
that even though he had shut up her womb, he was wanting to do something miraculous in her life. And <laughs> I'm going to tell you one more time, it doesn't matter what it looks like right now. Somebody needs to see a big picture here. It, right now, I know it, it's hard, it's troublesome, but you hear the word of the Lord. You just hang on. You just keep on believing God. You just keep on trusting God. And God's going to turn the situation around for you. God's going to turn the situation around in your life. In your life. Somebody, I don't, I don't know who I'm preaching to, but somebody needs to hear what the Lord is saying. God's going to turn some things around on your job. He's going to do a work on your job for you. Going to turn it around for you. You just hold on to God. Don't, don't, don't let go. You keep holding on to that. The song says, hold the God's unchanging hand. Oh, praise God. Put your hand together, would you? Oh, my, my, my. I feel the presence of the Lord here today, my. So they go down. She's there at the house of the Lord and the Bible tells us that she was in bitterness of soul. Prayed unto God, she's weeping. Stories found in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 11. While she was praying, she vowed a vow to God. She said, Lord, if you will give me a man child, I'll give him back to you all the days of his life. And she prayed so intensely that her lips were moving, but there was no sound. The priest thought that she was drunk. Verse number 14, he accuses her of being drunk. How long are you going to be drunk and put away the wine? And she said, no, I'm not drunk, sir. I'm, I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I haven't drank wine or strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. I'm not like the daughters of Belial, but I've got a burden in my heart. I've got a prayer. I want God to answer so desperately. And that man said, go in peace. The God of Israel will grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. You go your way and God's going to answer your prayer. Oh, praise the Lord. That's in your Bible. And it came to pass. <laughs> I'm just reading what the word says. Verse 20. She conceived. She bare a son and called his name Samuel because I have asked him of the Lord. And that boy became one of the greatest men that ever walked on the face of this earth, Samuel. Oh, praise the Lord. Mm. Do, do you mind another personal reference? I don't know why I just feel this. Uh, 
I was preaching a revival in Grand Blake, Michigan. Pastor Tony Moody, when he was up there in Michigan, you all both know him. Uh, there's a lady in that church came forward for prayer one night. We was there several weeks, and uh, she played the keyboard. I remember that. But she came forward for prayer, and she was she was travailing, weeping, and came forward up there. And Brother Moody came over to me, and he said, "Brother Rowley, this." lady and her husband, they've been married for X amount of years and they want a child. Um, they've recently had two adoptions fall through at the last minute. So they've got a room already decorated for a baby and uh, I believe you said a baby boy if I'm not mistaken. Uh, everything's right but two adoptions have failed and, and they want a, a child so desperately. Pastor Moody and I, we just prayed a real, prayed for her as we do all the time around the front, praying for people. And I went on my way traveling, evangelizing. And he told me a couple of months later, she come forward for prayer, two or three services. Said she wasn't feeling well. And he finally said, well, sister, do you think you might ought to go to the doctor? She said, but what for? He said, but you need to find out if you're pregnant or not. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just telling you what happened. <laughs> I, have a, I have a card that she mailed my wife and I. Brother and Sister Rowley, for this child I have prayed and the Lord hath granted me the petition which I asked of him. Therefore, he shall be lent to the Lord. 1 Samuel 1, 27. Thank you for your prayers. Our precious miracle has arrived. Of course, he looks much different now and had a picture of him. He's six weeks old. We just want you to know that we know he is an answer to prayer. God bless you. We're talking about our God tonight. We're talking about our God. Our God has more than enough. He can supply your needs. Oh. Somebody needs to reach out to God. Somebody here, you need to reach out in faith to God. Oh, hallelujah. A couple of years later, my phone rang. It was Pastor Moody. He said, Brother Allen, do you remember Sister? I said, I do. I remember her. He said, well, she just had her second child. And said, she said to tell you to quit praying for her to have any more babies. <laughs> I was preaching in Texcana, Arkansas, Brother Wayne Blue's anniversary service about two or three years ago. And a young man walked up to me after I preached that night and he said, sir, I've been wanting to meet you for a long time. I said, well, good to meet you. What's your name, et cetera. And he, 
He said, do you remember praying for a lady in Grand Blanc, Michigan to have a baby? I said, I do. I remember that. He said, well, I'm the youngest boy. My older brother's here also. And said, he, he wants to meet you too. Well, his older brother walked up to me and they asked to take a picture with me and all that kind of stuff. I'm telling you. In fact, the older brother's a preacher right now. That child that was born. <laughs> That first child that was born is an apostolic preacher right now. I'm just, I'm telling somebody. Can I read Psalm 20, 37 and 23? I'm not sure what time I started. What time was it? What time was it? What time do you all get out of church here? When we're done, I know I'm on the thing standing between you and fried chicken. I know that. Psalm 37 and 23. I love the word of the Lord. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh my, I, I, I didn't come here today with a sad song to sing. And it's not that I'm not dealing with problems. It's not that I'm not dealing with trouble, hello? It's not that there's not situations that I'm, I'm having to work with people about. It's not that I'm not having to deal with somebody that's sick or has a disease. Yes, we do deal with it all the time. But I don't have a sad song to sing. I don't have any bad news to bring. The church, the church is not going down. The church is going up. The church is not defeated. The church is victorious. We have not been conquered. We are the conquerors. We have not been overcome. We are the overcomers. We're not losing. We're winning. Oh, hallelujah. We're not discouraged today. We are encouraged. We're not confused. We have peace of mind today. We're not unhappy. Well, glory. We're the happiest people on the face of the earth. Somebody want to help me. I said, we're the happiest people. We're not victims. We are victors. We're not hopeless. We have a blessed hope. We're not lifeless. We're experiencing abundant life. We're not cast down. We're being lifted up. Great things are happening. The power of God is still moving in this world. God's been good to you. God's been good to the church. God's been good to every one of us. He still answers prayer. God still performs the miraculous. He's still healing the sick. He's still setting the captive people free. People are still repenting of their sins, being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sin. People still receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's still happening, it's still going on. Yes. 
Oh, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my. Well, don't you see what's going on in the world? I sure do. Don't you know how evil is so prevalent in our world? I sure do. Don't you know that we have all kinds of problems? I know all of that. But Paul said, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And it has nothing catches God off by surprise. It catches us by surprise, but it doesn't catch him by surprise. And he's still in control. And no matter what you're going through in your life right now, God is in control. I'm not minimizing doctor reports or actual experience. I'm not minimizing that at all. All I'm doing is maximizing our God. I'm not, I'm not finding fault or criticizing any problem. That's not what I, I hope you don't take it that way. I just want us to maximize God and lift him up and exalt him. Again, pardon a personal reference. My wife, many years ago, went for an annual checkup. You could be seated. During the test, x-ray showed a spot. Something abnormal was there. <clears throat> we didn't broadcast it. She had to go back for an ultrasound. They did the ultrasound, and they couldn't find anything. Called the radiologist in and he looked at the x-rays and at the results of the ultrasound. He said, well, there was something on the x-ray. But it's gone now. We'll, we'll see you in another year. Oh, hallelujah. How many years ago is that? Honey, 30-something years. Been so long, we're so old we done forgot almost. I want to ask somebody, what, what is it you need today? You don't have to tell me, but what do you have need of? What is it that has you troubled? What, what prayers have you been praying? I cannot explain how an axe head swims back to the surface. It goes against all laws of gravity and physics. You pitch a little pebble into the water and it sinks. A little 16th ounce piece of lead will sink. And we all know there's nothing magnetic about a piece of wood. I've just come here to tell, tell you 
Someone here really needs to hear this. I've just come to tell somebody that he who cast the branch into the water endued it with that miraculous power. When the man of God threw that branch into the water, he who gave that axe had the ability to swim up to the surface is still present with us today. He's still here. Hallelujah. He's still answering prayer. God's still moving. God is still touching lives. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just lift your hand to the Lord right now, would you? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would you close your eyes, please? Just begin to pray and seek the Lord here a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, trust in the Lord with all your heart. The wise man said, don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths. I'm telling somebody, do what the psalmist said. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just stand your feet now? Let's talk to the Lord here a moment. Just reach out and touch the Lord as he Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You will find he's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. Somebody ought to make your way to the front here. You've been praying. You've been asking the Lord. You've been talking to the Lord about something. Don't just step out of your pew and just reach out. Join the rest of these gathered here today. God sees your need. Reach out and touch him.